Welcome to the Been There, Got Out podcast. I'm Lisa, a state-certified domestic violence advocate and veteran of more than eight years in the trenches of the legal system, the last five successfully representing myself. And I'm Chris. I'm a certified high-conflict divorce coach. And between the two of us, we have all this knowledge and experience that we never wanted. But now we can put it to great use, providing expert guidance to people in high-conflict divorce and custody situations so you have the best chance in court and beyond. Having the right support from people who get it is so critical to getting you and your children through it as unscathed as possible. And that's exactly what we do through our interviews with experts and other content right here on this podcast. So let's get to it. It's Lisa from Been There, Got Out. Today we're going live with Shay from Custody Exchange and we're going to talk about parenting plans. Okay, there she is. Let me make sure this is working properly. I'm so excited that worked. This is so easy. We, our, our people know that we usually do a whole tech test ahead of time, but Shay and I didn't have a chance to do it, but she's on fast. That was like the rec- in record time so we can get started right away. So, um, so Shay, you worked for you worked for a place called Custody Exchange, and I don't think most people have heard about it. So, you can tell us about what Custody Exchange is in the business and how you got involved doing it. Sure. So, Custody Exchange—that's our company, and it's also the product that we offer, which is an online app. You can find it at our website, custodyexchange.com, um, and it's basically a comprehensive tool for separated or divorced parents. It's, it's designed to be with you from the beginning of your separation and divorce until years later. So it has things like a parenting plan when you're first figuring out, okay, how is this going to work? Parenting in two separate households. And then it has the more functional tools for when you're actually doing it, when you're actually parenting in two households. Um, things like sharing expenses, messaging back and forth, um, making changes to your calendar as things pop up as they do, and also tracking how that affects your parenting time. There's a whole suite of tools. Um, But basically, the point is we try to help parents through the transition and then into the years that follow, um, which ultimately helps the children when things work smoother. And we've had more than a million parents use Custody Exchange since we began our work in 2005. Um, Wow. Yeah, and that's kind of segues into why I got involved, which is that it's a really helpful tool. It's a really helpful product. And we're a small company, so I love working on it and working with our team because everyone is pretty passionate and really cares about what we're doing and and remembers why we're doing it. We're doing it because there are parents on the other end. And it's really rewarding to actually see people use it and hear the stories of how it's helped them. So that's great. The, the background. All right. Because we know with our community, parenting plans are a huge, huge issue. So I know when we first talked, you said that there's actually a really good time to get going with a parenting plan, which surprised me. So when is the best time to start examining parenting plan? So I would say as early as possible. As soon as you're starting to think about separating or you've made that decision, Um, you really can't start too soon because, well, there's going to be a lot of decisions to make. 
Um, and they're probably going to take a while. You're not going to on one day suddenly have a parenting plan because you might need to talk back and forth, sit down a few times um, with your co-parent to make those decisions. Um, and you really want to have a game plan as early as possible because you don't want to wait until the divorce finalizes to know how this is going to work because you have to co-parent that entire time. You have to co-parent throughout the whole legal process. Um, so the earlier, the better. Yeah, that's such a good point because most people do it at the end of the, you know, when the divorce is almost finalized. That's when a lot of our clients say, okay, now I need to come up with a parenting plan. But you're saying from the very beginning, like just when you're still together, start yeah. thinking about these big decisions. Yeah, because So your parenting plan may not become finalized, become a legal document until the end, but you can agree to follow it as early as you want. Um, and, and there's really no downside to that. Mm -hmm. All right. So what are some common problems? I know what our people have, but what are some pro problems that you found people have when they're putting together parenting plans? So the first one that comes to mind is forgetting elements of a parenting plan. Um, most locations don't have a lot of requirements for what has to go in it. You'll, you'll have to, of course, mention Legal custody, which has some different names in, in different jurisdictions, different countries. But basically, who's going to make decisions for the children? Um, and then you, of course, need to have in there, where is the child going to spend their time? Residential custody, physical custody. Um, a lot of places will also have a requirement that you need to talk about what you'll do when agreement disagreements arise in the future. Like, don't come straight back to court, go to mediation or something like that. Um, but other than the, the actual requirements, people often will just forget to think about important decisions that they should make ahead of time. Um, so that's why Custody Exchange walks you step by step through categories like, okay, here's the healthcare things you need to consider. Here's the school related things you need to consider. So that's a big one. Um, but also, and I think that you, you might have planned to ask me about this later, but it fits into this topic, which is um, loopholes. When you're writing a parenting plan, thinking about the language you're going to use, um, because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of pitfalls there. You can not include enough detail, which can cause some problems. Like if you're going to say, the parents will meet to discuss this plan yearly. Well, you might want to say in January or be a little more specific so that there's less wiggle room. But on the other side of it, you can also get overly detailed. Um, for example, if you say like the summer schedule will start on June 14th, well, is that every year or did you really mean, you know, the last day of school? Um, so you have to make sure that's applicable to years in the future. All, that's similar to thinking about like your child's stage, maybe right now they're not even in school yet. So when they are in school, how will that change the schedule? How will that change everything? Um, so you want to make sure you're thinking ahead. You can write that into your plan now. Um, and then some specific things are like the word shall is something that we don't use in our parenting plan. We use will um, because shall has actually had there's been a lot of litigation about what does that exactly mean um you want to look out for contradictions if in one section you say the child cannot go in a car without either parent but then you say uncle jeff can transport the child to the exchanges which one takes precedence 
Um, so the little details like that, you really want to read it through, go through it with a fine comb and say, where could there be confusion? Where could there be arguments? Um, what are we forgetting? It takes some time and it takes some thought for sure. Yeah. You know, before, when you, when you started answering this question, you said that um, there's decisions that you should try to agree. And I'm thinking our community is generally high, dealing with high conflict relationships. What happens when someone is trying to do a parenting plan with another person who just refuses to yeah. compromise or cooperate? Like, do you ever see that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we always hope, right? The first choice would be for parents to come to an agreement, but you can also use custody exchange to create a parenting plan by yourself. Um, you will I assume that you would at least propose it to the other parent, fingers crossed, hope that there's going to be some good debate that you could come to a compromise. But if there's absolutely no way, then you can take that parenting plan to court, show it to the judge, you can show it to your lawyer and the mediator, and that'll just be your proposed version. Um, but of course, you still want to avoid all those loopholes in case the the judge does say, okay, yeah, this I like this parenting plan. I'm basically going to adopt this, make this the court order. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I see there's a question about, can we talk about the legal term takes precedence? Okay. Yeah, so um, at the top of our plan, now I actually don't have it up in front of me, so I'm not sure what the exact wording we use is, but we do say, um, and each plan is a little different, but they all have at the top something that says that the higher up the, the clauses that come first will take precedence if there is any sort of conflict. So that means that, you know, if, if there's any sort of conflict between the two, the one that comes first in the document is the one that's going to hold. That's how we approach it in, in our parenting plan template. Well, that's so interesting. I've never heard of that. And that's something that I'm going to take right back to our clients and community because a lot of them say that there's contradictions in the agreements that they already have and they don't know which one counts. Mm -hmm. So that's great. That's really good to know. Okay, thank you for that. All right, now another thing, how can people save money with your parenting plans? And do you have any data or evidence that shows the savings? Um, of like, if someone comes with a parenting plan draft to their attorney, you know, versus having the attorney draft one from scratch. Yeah, so those are, this, there's kind of two options. Um, one is if you're working with an attorney, you could bring them a draft, which is gonna save you a lot of time. And we know that when you're working with a lawyer, time is money, those billable hours, mm -hmm. I cut down on them. So when you come with a draft, there's going to be fewer meetings, fewer time spent saying, okay, how do you want to approach this decision? How do you feel about childcare and who should be able to take care of the child? And how do you feel about this? You'll just be able to say, this, this is what I think would be best for the child. Um, that's if you're working with a lawyer. And a lot of people aren't working with a lawyer. There's a lot of people who represent themselves in family law cases. So in that case, obviously, you're going to save a lot of money by just doing it entirely yourself or writing the plan yourself and just having a lawyer look it over at the end for those mm -hmm. loopholes or missing information that we talked about. Um, in terms of evidence, we do, we do uh, every year we try to do a different study. Um, 
about divorce and child custody. And we have struggled with trying that so much of the information is private that you can't really get exact numbers. Um, but we did recently a survey and found that people are definitely saving money and it's helping them. Um, but we can't really put an exact figure on it. Okay. All right. Now I saw there was a question. I'm trying to keep up with some of the comments. Someone had said with the legal uh, pre takes precedent, is that like a court? Is that like from a court thing? You know, where you said that if something is higher up in a parenting plan, that it takes precedent. Is that something that a court would recognize? Yeah. Our, so the parenting plan template that we have, we developed it with a, a family law lawyer and it's been accepted in courts all around the world. Um, so. Oh, wow. Great. That's. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Somebody so every, else. Every court and every judge is a little bit different in what they're going to want. Um, so mm -hmm. it's possible that they might say, you know, make a little tweak here. But um, yes, the it's been it's been created with with a family lawyer. Oh, great. OK, so now someone had asked, how do you deal with safety concerns when one parent has been abusive when you're trying to put together a parenting plan? That's a great question. Yeah, for sure. So you need to write into your parenting plan um, things that will protect you. So one thing that comes to mind is um, usually in a parenting plan, both parents would put their name and their address. Um, but in this, you can forego that. It's not if you don't want the other parent to have your contact information. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise, things like clauses about when you're exchanging the child. Is there a certain number of feet or meters that you need to stay apart from each other? Or are you going to do this in a public space? If you're going to have some sort of supervision, writing that, the specifics of that into there. Um, it's going to be a lot about specificity in that case. Whatever you need, whatever is going to help protect you, you can put that in the plan. For example, one thing you can do is agree that you're only going to communicate via something like custody exchange where you can actually message each other. Um, and then one of the thing, one of the advantages to that is it'll alert you if you're about to send something that's hostile and it'll give you a chance to change your wording. And if you receive hostile messages, when you print out the report, those will be flagged if in case you want to show the court. Um, but, or other, maybe you're only going to communicate via text and you won't have any phone calls. Anything that works for your situation, you can put it in your parenting plan. Okay. And now um, with the way that life has been these past couple of years, I know you said you've added some changes to your parenting plans. What are the changes and why? Yeah. So we're always going through and looking at the parenting plan. And I should maybe mention how it works when you when you go into the app i mentioned you go through different categories and there's going to be some some popular clauses and provisions for you to choose from and you can also enter your own or adjust the ones that exist um, what we do regularly is go through and look at the ones that people have added on their own and if we start mm -hmm. to see some trends then we think oh we need to add this as a popular option so some that we added recently are definitely pandemic related. What happens when there is a lockdown? There's several about that. Um, also, we we started to see several people writing about bird nesting, um, which is when 
parents decide to keep the family home um, and maybe one parent's in there during their parenting time and then they switch the other parents living there during their parenting time. So the children don't have to move. The parents are the ones moving in and out. So we've um, written that in there as an option um, with the details of how that's work, going to work. You want to think about the household chores and are you going to have the same bedroom or different bedrooms? And there's a lot that goes along with that. Um, we added one recently, or maybe more than one, about uh, marijuana storage. Um, that's oh, really yeah, it's becoming legal in a lot of places. And so that's something we saw that was important to parents. Um, is it going to be in a locked place? Is it just going to be up high? Is it not going to be on the premises at all? Um, various things like that. There's always something. Wow. Do, do people, I'm thinking with marijuana, like do people also write in about alcohol? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Alcohol is a big one. Um, alcohol specifically often about how far in advance you can have consumed alcohol what happens if you appear to be under the influence of alcohol um does can the other parent just deny the parenting time um can the child go anywhere where there's alcohol being served in abundance there's we have wow. a, there's a whole category that is um alcohol tobacco um and drugs that is so fascinating. I don't think that that's come up with our people yet, but that's definitely, I mean, it's come up as an issue, but never as something to put into a parenting plan. Mm-hmm. So this is like very intensive. This is excellent. Anything that's important to you can go in the plan. Um, that's Yeah. I just think people wouldn't even think about that in terms of putting it into a parenting plan. Exactly. It's some of those details that you don't think about until you're in the moment that it's ideal to address ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm seeing comments about their people's ex's use of um, marijuana and other things. And and we had a client recently who all talked about like drug paraphernalia and drugs, like right on the table, right next to a, a child, a very young child. Oh yeah. I mean, especially if you're dealing with people who are in high conflict situation, that that's a good space for conflict to arise. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's our, that's our people. And that's, so I was going to say, I know you talked about, um, I think of it as like a tone thing where, where if someone's sending hostile messages that you can print them out and they'll be flagged for court. Are there any other tools that you have specifically for high conflict situations since that tends to be most of our community? Yeah. Um, one we haven't touched on yet is the parenting journal, um, where you can go in and just write down, what happened today? What did you witness? What was your interaction with the other parent? Or what did the child tell you happened when they were with the other parent? That's essential because if you've met with a lawyer, they've surely told you, you need to be documenting this. You need to document it when it happens. If you've got, you know, some sort of photo evidence, you can upload that. So the journal's big. Um, And then I mentioned actual parenting time tracking. So, You'll have you have your your calendar, um, your parenting schedule. That is your plan. If the other parent is showing up thirty minutes late or canceling or whatever the difference is, you can adjust that and mark that so that your calendar keeps track of all those changes and will actually create a report for you that shows oh you had this much extra time, you had this much denied time. Here's who caused it. That's super helpful for um, 
adding some legitimacy to the information that you give. Um, it shows like I was really tracking this. It's not, I'm not just saying, Oh, he's late all the time or she's late all the time. Yeah. And actually what you just mentioned, sorry to interrupt, but what you just mentioned, somebody called us once and showed us her charts. I don't know if she was using custody exchange or something, but it was so impressive. And she had, she had been doing really, really well in court. And I think the reason was, was because she was so organized and she had these reports with these graphs on it that showed the actual time and everything you're mentioning. I think she just blew the judges away because it was so easy. And, you know, one of the goals for our clients is to make things very, very simple. Well, for to teach them how to make things very simple for a judge or a guardian ad litem or someone else to understand instead of having to explain it and say, look at the chart. Yeah. I feel fairly confident that that was custody exchange that she was using because we're, that's one of our defining factors what makes us different is the the calendar with the calculations of the planned time and the calculations of the actual time um, yeah i mean it was like the percentage to the like one percent it was i was like wow yeah very professional just a couple other things i'll mention um for your clients in particular um, it's very helpful that you can share custody exchange with your legal professional so that they have access to everything I've mentioned, the, the custody journal and the time they can see that in real time. They can make some edits to things. Um, and then there's, um, <laughs> expense tracking so that you can plug in how much the other parent owes you. You can upload the receipt and then you can handle all that online. You don't actually have to be picking up the phone. You don't have to be meeting face-to-face. They can say reject if it's not appropriate. You can reject the ones that aren't appropriate. Um, and then, of course, accept the ones that are. Um, but I think that's those are the big ones. Yeah, great. All right. And then earlier we talked about um, tweaking a parenting plan. I think a lot of people come to this, even with very young children, we're like, it has to be perfect. Like I have to get every single detail in, but you had said that it can be helpful to, to change it. So why, yeah. why is it helpful to change it? Yeah. Ideally you do want to try to think into the future, um, address that. And you, you can create what's called a step up parenting plan where you say on this date or when the child turns this age, then this will happen. will change in this way. But it's a living document. Um, you can change a parenting plan either by agreement with the other parent, which is the ideal and is much easier. And um, the court will usually let you do that pretty quickly without too many fees involved because they want to encourage that. Um, or, of course, you can go back to court and, and argue your side if you can't reach an agreement. Um, but that, it is, it's definitely common to, to update your parenting plan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then um, someone had asked how much does custody exchange cost? Ah, okay. So we have two different levels. Um, So there's a free version, um, which is, I'm sorry, I'm going to move you over for a second while I pull up my price chart here. So I make sure I'm giving you the right information. So there's um, a free version, which um, has some limited features, um, but lets you try everything out. Um, and also helpful is that your older children can use the free version um, to, to see the calendar um, if you have teenagers. Um, and you could also send it to like a grandparent or something so that they could, could see that information. 
Um, then we have the silver level, which is $17 a month or $97 a year. And then we have the gold level, which is $27 a month or $147 a year. Um, and of course, they have some different uh, tools available. Um, the advantage of the gold level is that it's going to be extra good for the high conflict parents. It's going to, that, that has the calculations, the, the graphs and charts that you mentioned, um, that has the expense tracking, um, and, um, also, um, the, just the calculation of the, the planned parenting time as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. All right. So is there anything else you want to say? And how can people find out more if they're interested in uh, custody exchange? So custody.com. There's no E, custody letter X, change.com. And that's where you find the app. You won't find us in the app store. You actually go to our website. And from there, you can either use it right on the web or you can download it. Um, So that's the most important thing. But also while you're there, we've got a lot of different articles about the legal process in different locations, different countries, different states. Um, So that's helpful. And we have a lot on schedules, different options, um, because there are so many people often think about the alternating weekend schedule or every other week. But there's so many things you can do. So I would encourage folks to check that out if you're in the process of trying to pick a schedule. Um, and I did just want to mention, you can, you can use the app by yourself. Um, like we said, if you're creating a parenting plan on your own to propose, uh, it can be helpful to, to do the custody journaling, but you can also use it with the other parent. Um, so either way. And, um, and I should mention one more tool that we didn't really touch on, which is the child info tool where you can upload your child's ever-changing information, like their clothing sizes, their shoe sizes, their which vaccines have they received, who's their English teacher, all that sort of stuff. What are their friends' names and phone numbers? You can load that up so that you don't forget it's on one place. And then also so that the other parent can access it if they also have an account. Wow, I love all this detail. Yeah, I think there's a lot of detail. So I think hopefully we covered it all. Of course, it's a huge world. There's as you know, it's complex, but we try to make it a little less complex. Yeah, yeah. Well, Shay, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this information. And I have a feeling a number of people are going to check out Custody Exchange. And I am definitely going to talk about that, um, the, what I forgot, the thing that takes precedent at the top, like uh, the earlier in the plan. Yeah, yeah. And take a look um, at the language that we use um, I can't remember exactly right now, but let's maybe I can get it to you and we can we can talk about that going forward. Um, But thanks so much for having me on. And it's great to see the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. All right. Let's stay in touch. Okay, thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Been There Got Out podcast. Please leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. And you can find us easily on all major social media, but especially Instagram and YouTube. If you think we might be able to help you with your own situation, just visit beenthergotout.com and click the button to schedule a complimentary discovery call. Thanks again, and see you next time.